Hey guys, welcome to The Adapt Effect. This is a podcast designed to give you an approachable take to help you grow in all things health, wellness, and fitness. I'm your host, Amber Dupree, and you are now listening to episode four. On today's podcast, we're going to learn four different training styles and which training style will help you achieve your overall health and fitness goal. Now, this is something that I see a lot of people, I don't want to say doing wrong because I don't really like throwing that terminology out there, but maybe not doing as efficient as they can. And if they were to just learn these four training styles, I really believe it will hyper accelerate kind of their aesthetics or overall goals and kind of where they want to be in terms of their looks and their health and yada yada. So before we jump in, one thing I want to say is I'm going to be referring to two different types of training. So you're going to hear these two terms quite often within the next, you know, 20 minutes or so. So make sure you kind of grasp these concepts before we go forward. So you're going to hear aerobic training. Basically, all aerobic training is, is how do I explain this? It's what we know as cardio. So any type of biking, hiking, running, jogging, anything that's going to kind of get your um, breathing going harder and get your um, heart rate up, that's going to be aerobic training. It's basically when you train with oxygen, oxygen is going to be your sense of energy and your kind of fuel tank, if you will. And then the next term you're going to hear me talk about and elaborate on is anaerobic training. And this is a type of training, whereas aerobic training will use oxygen for energy. This will use um, glucose as energy. And don't get too consumed in oh what does that even mean all glucose is is it's a simple sugar that we can also our bodies can also use it for energy so simply put it's using a simple sugar for energy as opposed to oxygen for energy and this type of training is really good for short high intensity movements that you know maybe you're in the gym and you're deadlifting you know one or two reps of your 80 percent max or something like that so these are for your high intensity movements you know you're really heavy um weightlifting Next thing I really want to go into is um, sets and reps. Now, a lot of us fitness professionals, we throw around, oh, do three sets of 10 as if, you know, the general population really knows what that means. And although a lot may, I'm still going to break it down just in case you're one of the newer listeners out there. I really want to make sure everyone has a full grasp on these concepts before we move forward. So what is a rep? You can, so say I'm like, all right, let's do three sets of 10. That means you're gonna do 10, say we're doing a bicep curl, you're gonna do 10 bicep curls. Those are your reps. And then one whole thing of 10, that's a set. So if I were to say do three sets of 10 for bicep curls, you're gonna do 10, take a break, do 10 more, take a break, and then do 10 more. Therefore, that means three sets of 10, you know? Um, Another thing I really wanted to go into was Each of these training styles, I guess you can say, that we're about to dig into, they will yield different results. And this is why I really want to touch on this topic because, again, it's one of those things where people are just mindlessly going into the gym. And now I'll say this 10,000 times over. If you're even in the gym, 100% kudos to you. You're kicking butt. You're doing better than like 80 or 70% of the population. So keep going. All this podcast is meant to do is maybe help inform you on something you truly didn't know. Um, So your body's going to, like I said, adapt to your um, training program. While your body adapts to your training program, and this is why it's so important to switch things up, it's going to cause less stress on the body. 
And okay, so what's what's wrong with causing less stress on the body? In return, it will be less calories burned, and then in return, it will also be less muscle building. So we're going to the gym to work towards our goal, right? Work with our bodies and essentially not work against our bodies. So these are going to be a few tips and tricks to kind of help you guys do just that, right? All right, so now I think we're kind of ready to fully dive in. Like I said, there's four different training styles, if you will. The first one, and I know a lot of fitness professionals who might be hearing this show, they might disagree with a few things I'm going to say, and that's totally okay. You know, them and I can maybe chat it out. There's NASM, there's Ace Fitness, there's WITS. There's so many different, you know, training certifications out there who kind of teach this stuff slightly different. And I'm kind of pulling from all of those certifications and I'm just using my years of experience to best describe what I feel really um, highlights in these different training aspects. So like I said, the first one is muscular endurance. And now muscular endurance, that's going to build stamina and endurance, hence why it's called muscular endurance. Um, This one's going to keep the heart rate up. It's going to help you lose weight. So this is a form of aerobic training. Again, this is a form of using oxygen as training. So it's like that cardio piece, right? Um, So essentially, this is cardio. What it is, is it's a minimum of 12 repetitions. So in order to be in this training style, you need to be completing at least 12 repetitions. For two to three sets, you know, you could do maybe four. Um, And your rest period, this is where a lot of people in the gym, I think, mess up. um, Is they're not you know, recording their rest time. So they're sitting on their butts for three to five minutes when they're supposed to be, you know, doing some type of aerobic training. So like I said, it's a minimum of 12 repetitions, can be 20 repetitions, can be 30 repetitions. I mean, whatever, you know, floats your boat, but it's normally about 12 to 20 repetitions for two to three sets with a 30 second rest period. Okay. And now one thing I also want to elaborate on is a lot of people hear me say, okay, we're going to do light to moderate weight and we're going to do higher repetition. So we hear that often and essentially that is muscular endurance training. But I think again, where a lot of people mess up is they pick a weight that (laughs) girls will pick like two pound dumbbells for bicep curls and, you know, try to hit 12 to 15 and it's not challenging them at all. So with muscular endurance, although we are keeping our heart rate up, you still need to pick a weight that essentially by the end of that, like 12, 15, 20, if you want to really push it, by the end of those reps, you should be fatigued. Your muscles should be fatigued. So in that sense, you should be still challenging yourself. Um, So essentially what that means is whenever you choose a weight that you're going to be doing for these higher repetition training models, it should be about 60 to 70% of your one rep max. And if you don't know what your one rep max is, maybe I'll do an episode on that another time. Um, But it's essentially just choose a weight that this is an easier way to say it. Choose a weight that by the end of your 12, 15, 20th rep, it's like, wow, I probably couldn't do another one, you know? All right, next up, we have hypertrophy training. Um, This one is kind of the sweet spot for bodybuilders. And I would honestly go as far as to say the general public and the general population kind of sits in this training style, um, in my professional opinion, for a little bit too long without really venturing out. Um, And that could be what's killing their gain, so to say, and like bro terminology. But hypertrophy training, basically what that is, is it's 12 or it's six to 12 repetitions. So if you notice most like Fitzbo chicks will be or Fitzbo dudes will be like, oh, do three sets of 10, three sets of 10, three sets of 10. And all of their training program for four or five years is three sets of 10. And now while there are a lot of factors that play into that, such as increasing um, weight and 
things of that nature, playing with rest periods. I still want you guys to try to venture away from hypertrophy training if you can. I'm going to explain, all, of course, all of them and then see if you can move into a different um, pillar, so to say. It's going to help you if you're in that like plateau, which is something we're also going to speak on in this um, podcast today. So same thing for hypertrophy training, six to 12 repetitions, three to six sets, your rest period, again, super, super crucial, and I really want you guys to kind of grasp that concept. But for hypertrophy training, your rest period should be about 30 to 90 seconds of rest. And again, whenever you're choosing a weight, so whenever you're choosing something to lift, doing hypertrophy training, this should be about 70 to 80% of your one rep max. So again, if you don't know your one rep, ma- one rep max, don't sweat it, guys. Just choose a weight to where you can't do more than 12. If you can do more than 12 repetitions at the weight you're doing, then you should honestly just go to muscular endurance or increase the weight. That's kind of how I look at it. That's how I train my clients. And a lot of fitness professionals, I think, would agree to that. So the third pillar or the third training style, I guess you could say, is muscular strength. Now, like I said, muscular endurance, that's the aerobic form of training. Again, guys, that's, you know, using oxygen as fuel. And hypertrophy, that's still a form, in my opinion, of more of an aerobic than anaerobic training. Um, Yes, you know, the rest periods can be decreased to 30 seconds in hypertrophy. So if you're sticking to those rest periods of 30 seconds, then yeah, sure, that's still aerobic training. So this one's kind of in the middle. But now when we get into muscular strength, this is really that form of anaerobic training. So this is when we're really starting to start lifting heavier. Uh, Maybe you're training for a powerlifting competition. Maybe your one overall goal is to just be strong. You know, I just want to be able to lift, outlift any motherfucker who is next to me. And maybe that's your goal. Excuse my language. And that's totally cool, too. So if that's you, I would kind of stick to muscular strength and even the next pillar we're going to go into, which is power. But for muscular strength, it's anything less than six repetitions. So you want to do less than six repetitions for two to three sets. Again, if you can, if you're choosing a weight to where you're doing more than six repetitions and it's easy for you, you definitely need to increase that weight, especially when we're getting more into that anaerobic um, type of training. You really want to make sure you're really challenging yourself with the weights you're choosing, right? So again, it's going to be less than six repetitions. You're going to do these for two to three sets. This is probably the biggest um, difference with anaerobic and aerobic training is now when we get to muscular strength, our rest period, right? So I keep stressing that rest period. Your rest period is going to be about two to five minutes of rest. So that is really important. That's going to allow you to kind of do that short burst of activity. You know, you're going to try to hit six repetitions, maybe a few less, and then you're just going to sit and rest for two to five minutes. Now, the ideology behind that is you want to rest longer. That way you can do 80 to 90% of your one rep max, right? So with muscular endurance and hypertrophy training, muscular endurance is more like 60 to 70% of your one rep max. Hypertrophy is more like 70 to 80% of your one rep max. Muscular strength, this is when we're getting to like 80, 90% of that one rep max, right? So this is when we're really starting to challenge ourselves. So it only makes sense that we're doing less than six repetitions, right? So the fourth and final pillar or style of training, I guess you can say, is going to be power. Now, obviously, I think this one's a little bit easier for a lot of people to kind of grasp just because mainstream media has really blown up powerlifting Um, and for a good cause. You know, I mean, there's pros and cons, risks and rewards to every style of training. 
But power, basically what this is going to do for you guys, it's going to build that explosiveness, right? So if you really want that like brute strength, this is the category you want to stay into. So essentially what power is, is um, it's a single effort of repetitions or lifts. So what that means is you're going to do one to two repetitions and that's it. You're going to do one to two repetitions for three to five sets. And again, since it's an anaerobic form of training, we're going to have a two to five minute rest period. It can be two to six minute rest period. But again, I can't stress this enough, guys. That rest period is really where all these four strategies, these four different training styles, that's really where the money is. It's going to allow you to really refuel and dig deeper um, in your gas tank, I guess you can say, to really hit those heavier lifts, right? Um, so again, this is done at that 90% of your one rep, one rep max. And so basically with this is, it's seeing how strong you are. Right, so it's really testing your limits, of course, with as good as form as possible. And honestly, form is something that I could do an entire podcast on, so I'm not gonna go on one of my little tantrums or my little hissy fits <laughs> on this show about it, but just know form over everything always wins 100% of the time. No ifs, ands, or buts, because if you injure yourself while you're lifting, you're gonna be out for way longer than it would to take you to just build a solid foundation and get your form right, boom, whatever. I'm not gonna go into that because that's something I'm actually very passionate about and maybe I'll do my own little podcast on that as well. So guys, those are the four different pillars of training, four different training styles. A lot of people maybe go to the gym with a program and they might not know what program they're in or they might not know what training style they're in. And that's okay. I just kind of wanted to come on here and give you guys that bit of information to let you know, hey, maybe you're in this category and hey, maybe you've been in this category for four to six months. And guys, if that's you, I strongly urge you to try to jump around and play with the different styles of training because it will help you becoming an overall athlete, 100%. So if you're in muscular endurance and you're, you know, I hate to generalize, but maybe you're a girl, right? And you're like, oh, I just want to tone up. Uh, Well, that's another podcast in and of itself too because there's not really a such thing as toning up. But anyways, but maybe that's you, right? Um, So you're focusing on building stamina, building endurance. You're keeping your heart rate up. This is a good area for you to be in to lose weight. You're going to be burning a lot of calories while you um, exercise. This muscular endurance training kind of, that's essentially what it's for. So maybe this has been you for, you know, four to six months. And maybe for a while your goal was to lose weight, but maybe now your goal is to grow your glutes, right? Or to grow your hamstrings or to grow your shoulders or whatever. You just want to be stronger than you were. If that's you, you definitely need to be moving out of muscular endurance. You need to be trying some other form of training, whether it be a slow progression like hypertrophy training or, you know, even try playing around with hypertrophy and jumping into muscular strength a little bit. Um, And side note, as a disclaimer, I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, guys, and I apologize for that. But as a disclaimer, your nutrition um, should definitely be paired with your training style as well. And I did a little poll on Instagram to see kind of what you guys wanted to see if first you wanted the training styles and then you wanted the nutrition or first you wanted the nutrition and then you wanted the training styles. And it was like a vast majority of you wanted the training styles first. So I'm going to do, obviously I'm releasing this podcast, but just know I am going to go in depth on nutrition and kind of how to pair it with your goal. 
Um, so that is coming. So definitely keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. But I want to extra, um, I basically want to elaborate on the fact that going to the gym with a plan and a program is important, right? So a lot of times, like I said, I work at a gym. So what do I see? I see a lot of people with the motivation. Like they have that grit. They got that motivation. You know, it's January 1st. They're like, Ugh, let me get in here, dude. Let me curl some weights. Let me bench press my girlfriend. Like, rawr, yeah. Um, but they're going there without a plan, right? So maybe they want to bench press 300 pounds, but they're, you know, training their arms every day. Or maybe they want to lose weight, but they're, you know not doing any like sort of aerobic training or anything like that. So basically, it's really, really, really important to go to the gym with the program, not only for in terms of getting you to your goals quicker, but also in terms of if you don't have motivation, it's really easy to just write it out and say, hey, I'm not leaving this place until I get these four exercises done. I'm not leaving this place until I get these three exercises done. I'm not leaving until I perform this. And then, you know, by the 30 minutes goes by, it's like, hey, I performed these three movements at 60, 70% of my ability. All right, great time to go home, right? So another thing I wanted to touch on was um, cardio. Uh, That's the question I get, like, wow, wow. I also think that this is like one of the biggest misconceptions in the gym. Um, A lot of people are like, I can't lose weight unless I do cardio. Um, Not true. Um, The more muscle you have, so the more skeletal muscle mass you have, the higher your basal metabolic rate will be. And I know I'm like spitting out these like huge terminology to the general public might not understand, but your basal metabolic rate, guys, all that is, is it's if you were to sit in a chair for 24 hours and not move a muscle, that it's that number of how many calories you're going to be burning so you want your basal metabolic rate you want to burn a lot of calories by doing nothing right like that's the goal that's goals if there is any that's it right there you want your bmr your basal metabolic rate to be like sky high that way you can sit on your butt and take a rest day and burn like you know 2400 calories 2800 calories 1500 calories whatever that may be for you right So the more skeletal muscle mass you have, the higher your basal metabolic rate will be. And in return, the lower body fat percentage you're going to have, right? Especially if you're pairing it with a good um, nutrition and kind of, I don't want to say diet, but for lack of a better term, diet, right? So that kind of debunks the myth of I have to do cardio, I have to do cardio because truly at the end of the day, especially if we're not eating enough to fuel our body, when we're doing these hours of cardio, we're pulling away from our muscle. So we're pulling away from our basal metabolic rate, essentially. We're pulling away from the calories we could be burning doing nothing because, again, what builds that basal metabolic rate up is skeletal muscle mass. So if we're pulling from our skeletal muscle mass, essentially we're pulling from our basal metabolic rate, and that's the exact opposite of what we want to be doing when we're in the gym. So whenever my clients come to me and ask, well, what do you do for cardio, Amber, or you know, family members, or you know, anyone in general, really, I get a lot of questions on what I do for cardio, and don't get me wrong, cardio, I don't want to bash cardio. Cardio is great for heart and lungs. Cardio is great for overall health. Should you be doing cardio sometimes? Yes, I truly believe you should. However, I think that there's this huge notion that the only form of cardio ever possible is 
some type of running or biking or elliptical or being hunched over on the stairmaster. And if this is you, please stand up straight when you're on the stairmaster. You don't walk up regular stairs hunched over. Do you? Do you? No. So stand up straight on the damn stairmaster. But whatever. But a lot of people think that these are our only forms of cardio. And to be honest, they're just not. So like I said, um, muscular endurance. That's aerobic training. Guys, that... Your body takes, that's cardio. Your body takes that as cardio. You're burning the same amount of calories, probably if not more, and creating better um, long-term effects in your body by training with muscular endurance. Even hypertrophy training, again, like we said, if you're hitting that sweet spot, really paying attention to your rest periods, guys, this is aerobic training still. What is aerobic training? It's with oxygen. That's your cardio. It's the same effect as, you know, running. Now, am I saying, like I said, I can't stress this enough. Cardio doesn't need to be implemented. Yeah, guys, it's great for your heart and lungs. Get your heart rate up, you know, get your circulatory system working. However, I definitely think that it's overkill. When that's why when you go to any commercial gym, what do you see? You see hundreds of treadmills and like one set of free weights and one set of, you know, lifting equipment, machines. Why do you think that is? It's because mass media has over-dramatized, I don't even think that's a word, over, you know, overdone cardio to make it seem like, oh, if you want to lose weight, if you want to burn belly fat, which is another thing you can't do. There's no such thing as spot reduction, which will be another podcast. But they've blown it up to be like, oh, if you want to lose weight, if you want to burn belly fat, go hop on a treadmill. No, 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 no. Hop on a treadmill or run outside, preferably, you know, um, to build um, strength in your joints, you know. Hop on a treadmill to increase your heart rate. Hop on a treadmill, you know, to get your circulatory system going, to warm up, to cool down. Don't do it with the notion that, oh, I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to burn fat on a uh, Stairmaster when I'm bent over on it hanging on for dear life, hating every second of it. That's another thing, guys. If you want to stay gung-ho on your fitness journey, if you want to be in it for the lifestyle like all of us fit pros preach you should, you guys need to be finding workouts, exercises, programs, plans that you enjoy. If you know you hate going to the gym and you hate doing an hour of cardio, how long do you think that's going to be sustainable for you? It's the same notion as people bash these diets such as keto and no carb. I mean, I find myself in these kind of, I don't want to say bashing it, but the main flaw with these diets is they're not sustainable. You know, they're stripping you of a macronutrient, a macronutrient that's essential for you to live, right? So basically, in terms of nutrition, in terms of training, I urge you guys to just find something that's sustainable for you. Just find something that you truly enjoy doing. If you truly enjoy running, there's a lot of runners out there who love doing it. Okay, do it. Implement a little bit of strength training or a lot of strength training as well. But do what you love. That way you're not getting so burnt out and dreading going to the gym. You guys, you shouldn't be hating going to the gym. This is, the gym has every possibility to be your sanctuary. The gym has every possibility to be that one hour where you can go to just get your frustrations out. And if you're frustrated going to the gym, you're not getting not a damn frustration out. You're just leaving more pissed off than when you went, right? So I urge you guys to really find a program that you enjoy doing. And so to kind of wrap up that topic I was talking about, 
Um, when you should incorporate cardio and if you should, right? This is a question I get a lot. Um, a, I would say start out by just incorporating it in your training program. Start out by, you know, doing some supersets, doing some muscular endurance. Start out by just getting your heart rate up and keeping it up with your training. Um, once you kind of plateau from that, and I mean a true plateau, not a, oh, I did this for two weeks, I don't see results, so I'm going to panic and change your route. I mean, once you've hit a true plateau over, hey, I've been in this for months, and yeah, I am maintaining now, and I have been, you know, for four weeks or so. So once you've hit that plateau, then okay, and you still want to, you know, burn a few more calories, you know, you want to improve your heart health, and you want to, you know, just burn more calories in general, um, then sure, but start small when it comes to cardio. So a huge mistake I see in the gym is the first thing people do and the vast majority of people I've worked with is women, so this may be skewed a little bit. And men, who you're, if you're listening, and this doesn't pertain to you, I apologize. But like I said, the vast majority of my clientele is women, so I can speak on that. Um, but what do I get at the gym all the time with assessments I'm giving out? I talk to them, and I get to know them, and then I get to know their habits, right? So maybe they've already been at the gym for a month, and they're just now signing up for their assessment. Oftentimes what I hear is, okay, well, what changes have you made since you started the gym? And they'll say, oh, well, I cut calories and I'm doing an hour of cardio. And to that, I just want to have a moment of silence because what? Okay, Uh, here we go. (laughs) I promised myself I wasn't going to go on this tantrum, but maybe I just might. Alright guys, now while I appreciate the effort of, you know, trying to clean up your diet and trying to get active and that's all good, well, great, dandy, woohoo! I can't stress this enough, y'all. Our body's main function, other than to reproduce, because we're not talking about that, is to adapt, to find homeostasis. So, if the first thing we do when we go to the gym is restrict ourselves to 900 calories and do an hour of cardio all right cool our body's going to adapt to that y'all so once your body adapts once it finds homeostasis in that sense what do we gotta do oh darn we either have to cut calories again to like 800 calories which is literally insane like literally not great and huge disclaimer if this is you I urge you to get out of this um, notion because it's not safe, guys. Um, And then, so what do we do? We cut calories to like 800 calories and then we increase cardio, right? So now it gets so bad, guys, where we're like scared to eat 600 calories a day and we're doing like two hours of cardio a day and we're just in this rut now. We're like, oh crap, I can't cut anymore. I can't cut any more calories. I can't do any more cardio. What are we going to do? We're going to quit right? And so this is kind of what brings us into that yo-yo pattern of seeing results, right? So when we do things like this, yeah, we might um, see results for a while, right? So this, the number on the scale goes down or whatever, however you're tracking your progress, the inches on your clothes, sure, it'll go down, right? And then it's so hard and so unsustainable that we quit or we binge. And that's a real thing, y'all. Like that's I'm definitely not joking now, but that's a real thing. You know, we get into these cycles and it's terrifying. Um, So we do really well and then we quit. So then we gain all that weight back 
plus more, right? Because we've been so restricted for so long that you can't say no to that entire box of Oreos, right? And to some of you, this might sound insane, but I cannot tell you how often I see this. This is a real thing, and it's something that's not talked about nearly as much as it needs to be talked about. So then they'll hate themselves or they'll hate what they've done, and then they'll go right back to being that extreme person in the gym, that restrictive mindset. And then sure, maybe they last two months or three months this time instead of one month. But I bet your bottom dollar what happens after that, guys. Again, they crash because it's not sustainable. So please, 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 please find something that's sustainable for you. Incorporate cardio. Sure, like I said, it's great for heart and lungs. But start with the bare minimum. Start with adjusting your training program. And then, guys, and then advance to something to where it's like, all right, let me add, you know, um, after my dynamic warm-up on the floor, um, let me go add, you know, a little bit of cardio upstairs or after my workout which is what I suggest to do is after your workout let me go do 15 minutes of cardio upstairs or let me go run outside let me go run for a couple laps always start small guys always in terms of diet nutrition in terms of fitness as a whole start small that way you have somewhere to go if you cut everything out right away your body's going to adapt you're going to be miserable so is your body but your body's going to adapt and you're always going to have to find that next most intense thing before you know it you're in this rut you're in this cycle you're like i I gotta get out of this i can't do it anymore right so that's why slow and steady always wins the race especially when it comes to fitness all right guys i promised you that i'd only go on for about 20 to 30 minutes so i'm gonna start wrapping things up um if you guys have any questions about anything i didn't go into enough detail um or anything at all i know that Another large thing is definitely nutrition, and trust me, guys, that's coming. I'm trying to get out as much content as I can for you guys. I'm definitely going to start dropping podcasts. My goal um, is every Wednesday and every Sunday, so just kind of be on the lookout for that. But that pretty much sums up the show, guys. I want to give a huge thank you to all of you that took the time out of your day to learn, grow, and adapt with me. For more of me, go ahead and follow my personal IG at Amber Alert Fitness, where I post daily workouts, health and fitness tips, and just express myself. I hope you guys have a great day. Bye. Hey guys, welcome to The Adapt Effect. This is a podcast designed to give you an approachable take to help you grow in all things health, wellness, and fitness. I'm your host, Amber Dupree, and you're now listening to episode seven. On today's podcast, we're gonna dive into part two of the three-part series on nutrition. Today's episode will cover supplements, different diets, intermediate fasting, and pyramid schemes that are in the fitness industry today. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right on into it. So like I said, today we're going to be covering supplements, diets, intermediate fasting, and pyramid schemes. The first thing I want to touch on is supplements. Um, I get a lot of questions pertaining to what pre-workout do I need? What do I need to build muscle? What do I need after my workout? This, that, and so on. So let me just break down what supplementation means, okay? So supplements, they are for pre, intra, and post-workout. So there's different kinds of supplements that will that are supposedly supposed to aid in different things, depending on if you want a pre-workout, an intra-workout, which is during your workout, or a post-workout, which is after your workout. 
Um, so basically one thing I really want to touch on before I get into much of anything else is supplements are exactly that. They are there to supplement the nutritional gaps that you're lacking in your diet. So before you even think about taking a supplement um, or even think, hey, may this supplement be right for me, you largely need to take a step back and visit your diet, right? So see what are, where you're at, what you're getting in, where your deficiencies in, are in, and then first try to improve your diet and nutrition through whole foods, through foods you're eating, through the calories you're eating, okay? That's going to save you a lot of money. It's going to save you a lot of time. It's just going to save you all around in the long run, okay? So most pre-workouts, we're just going to jump right into it. So most pre-workouts basically... The major, like, people are like, oh, I feel so cracked out right now from this pre-workout. Oh, my God, my, you know, body is, like, shaking. I feel jittery, blah, blah, blah. That's because the major energy-boosting element in most pre-workouts is just caffeine. So, guys, you're spending, you know, every time you go to the gym, you're spending 2 or $3 on, you know, a scoop of pre-workout or on a bang or on a rain or whatever, you know, latest pre-workout drink is out, you know, um, C4, whatever that looks like to you, you're spending about three, four dollars, you know, sometimes two, it's on the lower side, every time you work out. And if you're working out five, six, seven days a week, okay, that's a lot of money you're investing into a pre-workout. And that's not even talking about intra and post-workouts as well. So just know that um, you are investing a lot of money. And now let's get into, is it worth it? So in my opinion, um, they're just not worth it. They, a lot of times they have a lot of things added to them. They have artificial sweeteners, you know, nitric oxide, just different things, different compounds that kind of work together. And the whole point of it, of a pre-workout is to increase your athletic performance. However, I've really learned that excessive intake of these stimulants can lead to a lot of negative side effects. Um, increased blood pressure, they can mess with your sleep, they can give you anxiety, they can make you feel jittery, things of that nature. And you're spending all this money on something that essentially a cup of coffee can do for you. And even better, something that your nutrition can do for you. So if you're fueling your body, because that's what calories are, guys, they're, it's energy, it's fuel. So if you're fueling your body properly, you won't need to spend three, four dollars every time you go to the gym on this latest trend pre-workout, right? So as long as your diet and nutrition is intact, I think you're good to go on the pre-workout. And if you're really just, you've had a long day, you know, maybe you didn't get your meals and maybe you're dragging and you still want to hit the gym. All right shoot down a cup of coffee. It's going to help you sleep better at night as opposed to having some of these energy drinks, these energy drinks or these pre-workouts have 300 milliliters of caffeine. That is literally your daily allowance and one drink. So not to mention the coffee you had this morning. Some people are having two, three cups of coffee throughout the day. You know what I mean? Just to kind of maintain their energy. So guys, if that's you, that largely tells me that you have some type of nutritional gap that you need to be filling. That way we can take out all this excess caffeine that's impairing your sleep, that's stressing you out, you know, that's increasing your blood pressure. There's a lot of negative side effects that we're just kind of brushing under the rug. 
Um, not only that, but hello, the adapt effect, your body's main function, once again, guys, is to adapt, right? So it's going to adapt to these caffeine levels. Once your body adapts to these caffeine levels, you're going to need, instead of 300 milliliters, you're going to need 400 and then 500 and then 600. And then it's just not doing anything to you at all anymore. So now you're wasting money for no benefit at all. So in my opinion, I don't think the pre-workouts are really worth it. I think you can get um the energy and the boost you need from your meals i don't think that i know you can and worst case scenario if you need some go ahead and have some black coffee go ahead and have whatever that looks like to you um it doesn't have to be black coffee but limit your caffeine intake less is always more because like i said this goes for everything in fitness the more you increase the more you increase the more you're gonna have to increase and then you're gonna have nowhere to go after that so most pre-workout formulas, they actually contain like as much as two to three cups of coffee. So they can be as high as 475 milliliters. And like I said, guys, that goes to show you that that's not even the amount of coffee you're having in the morning either when you wake up or throughout the day or for your midday pick-me-up, right? So now we are consuming very realistically like 600 milliliters of caffeine. And that is... No wonder most of America can't sleep at night. No wonder most of America has anxiety, right? I definitely believe that they have a huge correlation. And if we just start cutting that out, it can play to your benefit tenfold, guys. So another really um, popular ingredient in pre-workout that you'll hear like a lot of the dudes in the gym like, oh my God, look at this pump. Rawr. Like, ooh, look at this bicep, right? It's because of the nitric oxide. And there's very 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 little studies and i'm pretty sure any study that's ever been done has only been done on males and not on females and as we know men already have more testosterone um but there's very 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 little um supplementation that says that um nitric oxide has any athletic um increase to your performance so essentially what it actually does um is it boosts oxygen and nutrient transport to your muscles. So this can potentially enhance your athletic performance, but like I said, there's very little scientific study to back it up. Um, basically, the concept behind that is, like we learned with like aerobic training, oxygen is an, an energy source, if you, if you will. Um, and it just continues to fuel you through your workout. So added oxygen and nutrient transport, that's basically going to give you a better pump. It's going to help your circulatory system. It's going to help the blood flow and all that good stuff. But one thing I do want to point out is that your, your body naturally produces nitri nitric oxide. So a lot of you are chasing this pump and chasing, you know, this caffeine stimulant with some nitric oxide because that's essentially what most pre-workouts are i mean some of them have creatine and like l-cartine and stuff like that like other compounds that work well together um for athletic performance but essentially you're just chasing this pump and you're chasing this you know high if you will and these are things that you can a definitely get through your nutrition for energy and your body naturally produces um nitric oxide regardless so you're gonna have a good pump if you're putting in the work you see what i'm saying so stop trying to take the easy route that's definitely i believe what supplements are is it's an easy route um and i just think they're not exactly necessary unless you are having these huge like nutritional gaps or something like that that you you know you have a dysfunction in your body to where you maybe you know you can't 
eat certain strands of protein, then okay, yeah, let's implement, you know, protein powder. Or maybe you're just really struggling getting your meals in. So, okay, let's implement a meal replacement or something like that. But for the vast majority of us, I don't think they're needed. Um, so now let's go into intro workouts. Intro workouts are during your workout. So you'll see a lot of guys in the gym, like, eating in the middle of their lifts or just having a bang or having bcas that's like the main one um <laughs> you'll see you know people with their shaker cups and just like shaking up some bcas thinking that it's like doing miracles for their bodies they just spent like 50 dollars on a 34 serving can guys save your damn money <laughs> your bot bcas all bcas are they're the seven building blocks of protein that's it that's all so what do I say to that? Make sure you eat enough protein throughout the day. Again, this is another thing to where as long as you're fueling your body properly with nutrition, then what we learned a lot about this on the first part of the series. So if you didn't, you know, listen to macros and calories and kind of how you should be fueling your body, definitely go back and listen to that because I think you'll be not as lost. But we're wasting a lot of money on things that our daily nutrition can just suffice just fine. So now we have post-workout supplements. And post-workout, a lot of people <laughs> will be like, I gotta eat this in my anabolic window. And a lot of people are just like, I have to get this 30 minutes after my workout. I need protein, protein, protein. And to that, I say, a lot of people misconceive what your anabolic window actually is. And all an anabolic, anabolic window means is it's how efficient your body will um, absorb the nutrients of protein. That way you get the maximum benefit after your workout. But, you know, your anabolic window can last, I think it's like up to three hours after your workout. And don't quote me on that. It could be even a little bit longer. It's definitely at least three hours. But guys, the truth of the matter is your body's running off the fuel it had the day before. So <laughs> to that, it's just consistently every day day in and day out you need to make sure you're fueling your body to the best of its ability if you want to perform well in the gym right so yeah sure pre post workout you know have your carbs have your protein both of those should be a little bit higher and i definitely think your fats should be a little bit lower for pre and post workout but you don't need to be spending so much money on these damn supplements you don't need to be spending money on fat burners especially that's when i get a lot Especially from my lady listeners, they'll be like, oh, Amber, they'll send me pictures of this fat burner. Should I get it? And without me even looking at it or really looking at the ingredients in that particular fat burner, 10 out of 10 times, I'm going to say no. Save your money, guys. Put in the work at the gym. All the fat burner is doing is increasing your core temperature. So, I mean, it's going to make you sweat more. And... It might get rid of some water retention, but it's definitely not a long-term sustainable um, effect. It's not going to help you lose any fat. It's not going to help you lose any sustainable weight. So again, you're throwing, what, $60, $70 down the drain once again. Guys, you could be just investing this money in some whole foods, some well-balanced nutrition, and reaping so many more benefits, okay? Um... The next thing, I hope I covered pre, post, and intro workout pretty well. Oh, another really big thing is protein. So people, I don't, for whatever reason, I'm not really sure, make protein powder seem to be something bigger than what it actually is. 
So people will ask me all the time in the gym, I kid you not, they'll be like, oh, should I be having protein powder? Should I be having protein powder? And it's just like, I don't know, dude, are you eating enough protein? Like, what do you think is really, what? There's no added benefit to having protein powder as opposed to eating protein. I mean, it's a little bit easier digested and not even really because it takes a toll on your kidneys. So there's no added benefit to it. So guys, don't let these mass media gimmicks get you with the latest and greatest protein powder. Guys, just eat your protein. Like, literally, just eat protein. You don't need the best protein powder. Now, if you're somebody who's trying to gain weight and you're really struggling to get some meals in, then yeah, sure, supplement it with a protein shake, with a a mass gainer protein shake or meal replacement protein shake. It's an easy way to get calories in, but that's it, guys. That's it. There's no more to it. That's it. There's no secret sauce to all this stuff. That's it. It's just these large companies way to make you spend a lot of money. Essentially, that's it. Okay. Um, so I, like I said, I posted a Q&A on my Instagram story and I got amazing feedback. So thank you to all of you who did ask me questions. I love answering questions for you guys. And the second part of the podcast, if you will, I'm going to start diving into those um, questions So, um, yeah, let's just, I guess, get right to it, right? So, the very first question I got is, how do you feel about Beachbody or workout things like that? So, for that, it's like Herbalife, Thrive, Beachbody, kind of, you know, all of those um, pyramid schemes. And if you don't like me calling it that, I'm sorry, but that's what it is. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I think that there's, let me preface this by saying, if you're in the gym, if you're working to be a better version of you, I don't care if it's through Herbalife, through Beachbody, through at-home workouts, through hiring a personal trainer, you go, do it. Yes. Fuck it up. You got this. Like, I'm all for it. Okay. So don't, I don't want anyone to take this as me bashing any of these brands, any of these companies, because they are, I think for the majority of it, they have good intentions, okay? Now, that doesn't mean I'm not gonna give my two cents on them either, okay? So, with things like Herbalife and Beachbody, um, you're paying for the brand. Um, you're paying for the community, you're paying for the workouts, you're paying for the brand essentially. So I'll talk about Herbalife because that's the one I know the most. Um, I don't know too much about Beachbody. I know they have, you know, really, um, shakes and stuff of that nature. And I know that in their shakes, they are like non-GMO free or GMO free. They have like, you know, good quality shakes. I will say that same thing with Herbalife. They have decent quality you know but again it goes into that supplementation factor guys like so one of the questions asked you know she said that the superfood shake alone through Beachbody was $160 $160 $160 for a superfood shake my god go to the damn store buy some berries buy some veggies buy some you know, real food and you'll be good. Like 
get food that is loaded with nutrients because that's all superfoods is guys it's fruits vegetables it's the things you should be doing to fill your nutritional gaps regardless so you could be going to the grocery store spending thirty dollars but you're paying for convenience and you're paying for i you're paying for not educating yourself essentially And hopefully that's what this podcast can do for you guys. But you're paying for the convenience and you're paying for the brand and they're making a pretty penny off of you because they're labeling it with this superfood shake and that's it. Guys, spend $30, go to your local Publix, buy some berries, buy some lean ground beef, buy some broccoli, some asparagus, some bananas, some nuts, boom, bada bing, That's it. That's all. Buy some good food and you're filling your nutritional gaps. There's no way in hell would I ever spend $160 on a superfood shake. Like, that probably tastes like ass anyways. So for me, that's a huge no. Um, However, I think it depends on your fitness level too. So going back to these, you know, brands like Beachbody and Herbalife. I think that they do do a very good job at targeting a specific population. Um, And I think that for Herbalife, I know you like can work out at some of their facilities. And to that, I say, hell yeah. So a lot of people, when they hire a personal trainer, the main thing they need is accountability. They need that motivational piece, right? And if you're just getting into your fitness journey and you're like hey i know herbalife hosts these group fitness classes and they really push me and they really motivate me and they give me a shake if i spend ten dollars and join their class they give me a shake that's great that's good guys do it and if beachbody and other brands like that does it too okay fine but to get into these companies to like really start buying their 160 dollar um protein powders and stuff like that I'm going to say it's a ripoff and you can definitely be filling your nutritional gaps way, way, way cheaper and even better. It's just you have to know what's in those shakes, guys. So like like I said, I, I know I looked at the back of one of the ones on Beachbody and it literally was just like fruits and like one of them was like a cocoa bean that derived from some, you know, island or something like that. Guys, they're just hyping these products up. Um, I know for Herbalife, they have like two different ones to like make you lose weight or to make you gain weight and build muscle guys don't believe that hype don't spend all your money on these products that's they're not doing these products are doing absolutely not a goddamn not a damn thing for you besides ripping you off and doing what regular food can do for you all right so the next question i got was um do i take supplements hmm Well, if I'm being like really honest with you guys, when I'm lazy, I'll make a protein shake. (laughs) That's it. That's all. Um, I don't take fat burners. I don't take anything. Literally, I don't take fish oils. I don't take, oh, a really big one right now is like um, prebiotics. Um, But no, I don't take any of that stuff. And I know a big one right now is prebiotics, and I honestly think that that's because gut health is kind of trending right now. So if you've noticed on, like, Instagram and stuff, everybody's talking about the gut. It's like one person found out about this, and now everyone on, every fitness influencer on um, Instagram is like, oh, your gut is your second brain, 
which absolutely 100% yes it is. Your gut is nothing to take lightly. You need to make sure you're pooping every day, um, a couple times a day. And if you're not pooping every day, a couple times a day, you got to work on that, guys. That's super important. But prebiotic, like, so people are taking prebiotics, right? And they're like, oh, this is helping me. This is helping me. This is helping me poop or whatever. Guys, it's helping you because you have a nutritional gap. It's not the pill that's helping you. Prebiotics, you want to know what they are? They're found in so many different fruits and so many different vegetables. Especially the ones that contain complex carbohydrates. So these carbs aren't digestible by your body. So they pass through the digestive system to become food for the bacteria and all that other stuff that's in your gut. So that's it, guys. So instead of spending $40, $30, $20, $50 on prebiotics just eat fruits and vegetables like it's that simple guys instead of spending all this money on a fat burner if you want to heat up your core temperature have some coffee (laughs) like guys you're just you're doing the most for little 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 added benefit and you're burning holes in your wallets because the fitness industry is so saturated right now with so many great people with great aesthetics and great genetics hyping up these stupid products that are way overpriced and do little to nothing for you guys. So yeah, that's kind of my two cents on pre-workout, post-workout, intro workout. The only supplement I really take, like I said, is protein powder. And I take protein powder when I'm in a rush or when I didn't get enough food in or maybe something really quick before after the gym. Um, But yeah, most of these supplements that are used for pre, post, and intro workout, guys, your body's naturally producing them regardless. So let your body do its thing. Your body is amazing. And the more you take care of it, the more it's going to be able to efficiently produce everything it needs to produce. Um, But yeah, so I think that that's pretty much it. I do have a third part of this series coming out. Um as well Um, but this is the second part Um, so if you're listening please go ahead and subscribe if you like what I'm saying please go ahead and share Um, like you guys know there's so much information out there and honestly I just want to take the bullshit out of fitness I feel like there's so much out there it's overcomplicating everything for everyone and it's just going to end up hurting the fitness industry a lot so help me share this information Um, But that pretty much sums up the show. I wanted to give a huge thank you to all of you that took the time out of your day to learn, grow, and adapt with me. For more of me, go ahead and follow my personal IG at Amber Alert Fitness, where I post daily workouts, health and fitness tips, and just express myself. All right, guys, I hope you have a great day. See you later.